Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Model Podcast, coming to you from Models One in partnership with Studio 71. Now in our 50th year, Models One is the most established agency in Europe and we would like to share with you how our world works through this series, which will feature exclusive interviews and conversations with our models, talent, colleagues and friends in fashion. In this episode, we are talking to the lovely Mouchette Bell, a model and stylist. Mouchette has worked as a stylist for major publications in New York, such as, here, wait for it, Vogue and Red Magazine. And in the UK, she has worked with British Vogue. Discovered at a Graduate Fashion Week show several years ago, she was modelling at by fashion director Elle, who then introduced her to Models One. Of course, we signed her on the spot. (laughs) Starting without a book upon starting at the agency, within six months, her portfolio was, no word of a lie, outstanding. So yes, welcome again to our podcast. Um, I'm talking to lovely Michette today, who's one of our classic models. And um, and really, Michette, we just want to talk to you about your time in the industry as a whole, because um, obviously you have been a stylist and a model and blah, blah, blah. But let's go from the beginning. Tell me a little bit about how you got into modelling the first time. Um, uh, the first time um, I got into modelling, I think it's basically as a very you know young teenager, I... And even before, I always really liked, you know, clothing and dressing mm-hmm. up. And I used to wander around with my my, my sisters down Portobello, all dressed <laughs> up, and people would take pictures. So then, you know... Pictures of you pictures guys walking of down us, the... Yeah, oh like God. in our like outrageous clothing Love that we'd it. get from jumble sales and whatever. And um, that was way back in the 70s. Anyway, so I was only about, I don't know, 16 or something then. Anyway, um... And uh, eventually I went to a very uh, classic model agency called Lucy Clayton. (laughs) And um, I did some, you know, I started modeling and um, a lot of things flowed. But it was it was very different back then for a mixed race. Yeah. So how long were you doing that before? Because then obviously you then made a transition to being a stylist, didn't you? A fashion stylist. Yes. How did that happen? So I modeled, I think, for about, um, I I changed agencies. I went to New York. Oh, yeah, I know. I went to New York, fell in love with somebody. (laughs) (laughs) And then, Uh. you know that one. (laughs) And then decided. As many models do. do. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) At Studio 54. Could you (gasps) believe it? It's really true. This is going to be a great great conversation i can feel it already i've got pictures to prove it oh yay oh, anyway but um so you know I, I wanted to get back to new york so mm-hmm. i joined um i think it was uh johnny casablanca's model agency yeah. elite and for those yeah i was gonna say for those yeah. listeners who don't know he obviously started the elite group didn't he yes yeah. so i started modeling there and um And that was really amazing. And it all is a bit of a blur, so you'll have to forgive me because I had so many toings and froings back and forth to London. But at the end of the whole thing, or during the whole thing of modelling, I... I modeled for a magazine called Mademoiselle. Mm -hmm. And there was a wonderful editor on there. 
called Sandy Horowitz. And she, you know, I, I can't, whenever we'd, they used to have fittings back then. Yeah. And so whenever we'd go into their magnificent fittings room in the Condé Nast building, which was then on Madison Avenue, um, I'd always say, oh, why don't we do this and do that and do the amazing. other and change the clothes? And so she gave me my first break. Oh, my God, basically. amazing. Yeah. You obviously had a real natural sense of style, as you say. You used yeah. to get pictures taken in the yeah. 70s down Portobello Road. Yeah. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Clothes were always an escape for me. Like yeah. people paint, I use clothes, you know, so... <sighs> You that always look so good too, hon. Don't know about that. Oh my God, always. You know, really. It was manifest really. some look. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as you've worked internationally as both a model and a stylist, um, do you feel like perhaps obviously being a mixed race model and, you know, sort of, sort of uh, entering early into the sort of styling game, do you feel that um, discrimination might... Um, Sorry, did the, do you feel that discrimination differs from place to place, and or, or is it quite similar? Did you experience, did you experience the same sort of thing in London, for example, than you did in New York, or same with modelling, same with styling? Tell us a little bit I th- about I the think, diversity. I think back back in those days, mm-hmm. there was a kind of a an on you know kind of written. It was almost like you know when people behave in a certain way and it, it's you know you know it's wrong or mm-hmm. it's, it's not but it was just kind of accepted you know for example you know um I, uh, black models and mixed race models same thing really mm-hmm. but you know uh, got paid less money right and i didn't know that yeah well you know we, yeah. we, we would find out and sometimes yeah, yeah. challenge exactly it. spoken about necessarily it's, yeah so it's just yeah, one yeah. of those things and also i think um uh i think uh, uh mixed race and black um people always were whenever the set were rarely the center mm-hmm. then there was this other kind of ridiculous thing of you know the you know if you if you if they wanted an ethnic person, mm-hmm. so to speak, you had to have a certain look. So I didn't always fall into those looks because I could have looked a few different kind of looks. Right. So that was another difficulty. Um, but then on the other hand, um, there were many people that I met during mm-hmm. that time who were who really, you know, were trying to uh, get rid of a lot of those yeah. things. I mean, if you think back in those days, they still had apartheid in yeah. South Africa. Yeah. Nelson Mandela was still in prison. Yeah. You know, I mean... I mean, you know, it just seems like a completely that. different world. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, that's quite, yeah. quite and, and 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 kind of, you know, black women were never really, you know, there was no kind of representation of yeah. uh, power or, uh, you know, beauty in mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like when you, yeah, no, go. So when you, do you feel like when you transitioned into styling, do you feel like this was something you were aware of having been a model? Is it, is it something you tried to, to sort of change yourself or try to be more inclusive of because obviously I know I know for example like you had an interview with Anna Winter once and you went to work for British Vogue didn't you yeah yeah absolutely um I I wrote her a letter back in the day didn't do emails (laughs) (laughs) just on the borderline and um uh, yeah, so I wrote her a letter and I kind of poured my heart out and said, you know, I want, and also I, you know, had quite a good 
a strong book by yeah. that time because I'd done quite a lot of styling with some major photographers. And and as I said before, you know, a lot of people in the fashion industry, you know, were really, really did their best to be inclusive. And so they should. Yeah. But, you know, they, they were almost actively trying you. to change, yeah. to change yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it wasn't that they were all bad or anything. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so I had an interview with with Anna and I always remember it was in New York and it was a really hot day and hot morning. And she interviewed me for about 30 minutes. And then um, I showed her my book and she just said to me, oh, you've got the job <gasps> after, you know, she she totally clued in. I think Anna Winter's has always been quite... Um, you know, very supportive yeah. of, of uh, black people and including people. Yeah. I mean, she, you know, Andre Leontelli mm-hmm. worked for her, um, Edward Enenfull yeah, worked for her. Yeah. So she was very good in that way, I think. And she kind of wanted to rock the boat anyway. Yeah. So I actually was the first black editor on British Vogue. My God. Respect to Edward. But, yeah. Know, but, you yeah. know, I, I was, you know, but You're like, way been back. there, done that. Yeah, huh? well... <laughs> He's doing such an amazing job, but you know, that was they didn't have anybody. Yeah, yeah. And how how did you find your time there? Oh my god, it was really, it was quite intense. Yeah, it really was. I mean, there's some things I wouldn't even want to say because some actual horror stories, like they need to stay there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But then there must be some amazing stories too. Some absolutely amazing stories. But you know, I mean, I think also it was a lot of class things in England. Right. You know, I remember once doing a shoot that was for um, the different, uh, you know, th- uh, kind of events that very wealthy people right. go to, like Glyndebourne and I don't know, there's a list of them. Right. And I remember being at British Vogue and, you know, I'm not from that background. Yeah. And I'm saying, oh, we want you to do... Anna was like, I want Mouchette to do that story. Oh, my goodness. And, and I was... And I remember I started with David Bailey. Wow. And, and I didn't know what all the things were. Yeah. And I remember there's a lot of sniggering going on. But then there were some people who were really supportive. But so I think there's, you know, the class thing, the yeah. colour thing. It was just... It, it was, was a different world. Different yeah, yeah. I mean, but I had a great time. to say so we sort of say it's all a different world and um, I don't know if any listeners know that obviously you know having modelled myself and you know you and I worked together didn't we on a we shoot did, once when you were at Stylist yes, at L. I was so happy to to work with beautiful you oh, it was amazing. a great shoot I remember yeah. that shoot very well yeah um, that was a good one but like for example Michelle I remember sort of being a model back in the day then and sort of sometimes experiencing obviously not I'm talking about on our shoot but experiencing some challenges and it's actually something that one of our models who's currently on our main um, main board Olivia Anakwe I don't know if you know Olivia but um she said um recently that you know she was backstage at a show and the hairstylist all kind of avoided her yeah and I actually I actually have to say that this is something that I remember being a model you know so if you think when I started in sort of like I think 1998 1999 it's probably when I started yeah and I remember having the same experience of like you know they don't know how to do my hair they don't know they don't have the right base for my skin tone and now you know here we are in 2019 and Olivia saying the same thing still happened to her I mean yes do you feel that we're making enough progress I mean what what do you think about what she had to say I I think that you know some of it I guess is is up to us really Mm -hmm. you know um 
I, I found now that I'm modeling again, mm-hmm. you know, I, I kind of, I remember at first I used to always ring into Models One and go, do they want my hair blow dried out or do they want it natural? Yeah. Because, you know, um, I, I was worried, you yeah. know, because I had a lot of bad experiences in the past. Yeah. But um, now what I do is I just politely as I can say to the hairdresser, let me help you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I feel that, you know, that somebody's coming yeah. at me with a fine tooth comb to get through my hair and, yeah. you know, or they're spraying on water thinking it's going to go into curls. <laughs> they is, love their water oh sprays sometimes, God. I have and to I'm say. Just like, <laughs> like, oh, I know. we're going to be starting again, are we, hon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I feel like I mean, you just say, oh, I, I kind of use my age a bit, actually. Yeah. I go, I've been in the business so long, you know, and and I say, <laughs> you know, uh, let me help you because yeah. it's a very different kind of hair. Yeah. And you can tell quite quickly when a hairdresser does understand, yeah. the, you know, Afro hair and mm-hmm. doesn't. But it's a lot that don't. But I don't yeah. think it's all their fault. No. You know, I think I can communicate. I have a mouth. And usually they're very receptive to listening. Is it something that frustrates you, do you think? Do you find it a little frustrating that this can sort of still be happening in, in I 2019? Guess I guess I, on the one hand, I can find it frustrating, but not, you know, I'm trying to look at everything in a different way yeah. rather than look at it as frustrating. You know, I, I also understand why that person mm-hmm. might not understand my hair. Yeah, yeah, I don't understand their hair. Yeah. I know they're a hairdresser, but still, yeah. you know, they just might not have been exposed yeah. to that section of the hair yeah you know so yeah yeah, yeah. Then, yeah you know so and obviously that's like a small snippet of what yeah. we're saying so we yeah. just took we just pulled like olivia's quote out of there and and stuff i mean in general do you feel like there has been change from your time in the sort of beginning of the industry to oh now? god yeah. yeah so much more respect yeah you know so it's e- it's easy for me to say yeah to the hairdresser yeah let me help you yeah tell me what it is that you want and I'll tell you how to do you know yeah. how the hair goes I tried not to use condescending words yeah. like yeah. you know and I find that people are very receptive and mm. there are some great hairdressers out there and I've been quite surprised that they've actually taught me a thing or two yeah <laughs> I have to say the same actually yeah. some so. people definitely know my hair better than I know myself yeah. but I'm really lazy with my hair I'm the first to admit that I don't do a thing with it. I just will tie it up. You are beautiful. <laughs> you came back to Models 1, I hope you don't mind me saying, were you 62 when you came to mm. see us? Well, What a meanie. Can you believe I did that? But I can't believe you did what that. What a meanie. <laughs> but I had a chat with your booker, Uva, before I, I came. love him. He's the best, isn't he? Oh my, he is the best, actually. You came back to Models 1 without a book, if I'm correct. Well I, well, I didn't have a book, but the thing was, throughout my whole styling yeah. career, and always on magazines, I always worked as an uh-huh. editor on magazines, I actually kind of did modeling because yeah. you know like for example in bazaar mm-hmm. i always did i often did um lucy yeomans who's now on porter magazine okay she had a section in um bazaar that was called catwalk to closet and she'd use i was often used as the Amazing. model in that you know because they, they want yeah. somebody who's kind of real and i think yeah. the attitude now is different it's not you don't you don't have to be 
you have to know how to model but it's it's a whole rounded more rounded thing yeah. so I never kind of really stopped people right. often took portraits yeah, yeah you know my biggest regret was not doing the one for Stephen Mizell oh in, god I, I <laughs> just to drop that name I can imagine yes that's probably <laughs> I can't believe I didn't go to New York to do that that was like why didn't you go I didn't go because I was in the middle of something else that yeah. was going on in life and it wasn't easy to go right so well, I couldn't go there you go that's fake but that was a regret that's fake there you go well that's a regret that's a shame that but then shame. um you know here you are back in the sort of modeling game I mean did you ever feel like obviously with the styling the modeling as you say they've sort of often run alongside together this industry I mean did you ever feel like you wanted to leave it or is this you well, this is what you knew you always wanted to be doing so basically it's more um yeah I have thought of of leaving it um Working in New York was amazing. Mm -hmm. Working for Condé Nast America was the best thing. You know, they supported you. They had the budgets. You worked with the best photographers. And within that, even though the magazine would have a brief, you know, it was such a wonderful way to express yourself creatively. Amazing. So that was fantastic. But, you know, um, sometimes maybe, the the, you know, it's a business at the end of the day. And the magazines want to make money. And that's fair enough. You know, it's not my personal stage. Mm-hmm. It's I'm working for a company and I have to be able to produce certain things. And there are there have been times when the looks have become so commercial right. that the creativity, kind of the life got sucked out of it. And then what with the politics of a magazine, right. you know, as well, I thought, oh, my God, I can't take it anymore. You know, I've got to get out. But um, but I've always kind of been in it. And, you know, I'd love to do some guest editing. And yeah. I'm working on a couple of my editor friends to say, don't forget, I want to do some guest editing. <laughs> so hopefully that will come along quite soon. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, I mean, obviously, Michette, we've been talking about your time in the industry as a whole, obviously as a stylist and as a model, and you've you've worked with some amazing people, you know, designers, stylists, editors, photographers. Um, Has anyone sort of in particular for you shown themselves to be truly dedicated to diversifying the industry? Well, um, somebody like Yves Saint Laurent, for example. I mean, hello. (laughs) He loved black women Amazing. and he just you know that that uh, there was a woman I think she was from Martinique called Munya mm-hmm. and and actually I mean she's beautiful but not in the typical perfection kind of beauty and he just you know celebrated celebrated her, her. Mm. so I think uh, Yves Saint Laurent was was a person who I I really appreciated that and then what uh, I think it was in the early 90s Jean-Paul Gaultier did a fashion show and I should have gone backstage and, you know, thanked him. But he had 
all black women and one white woman. And people were in such shock at the time. Wow. I think it was like, yeah, it was probably about, about 92. I can't remember yeah. exactly, but... And he did that in, also to say, um, you know, how do you feel? Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean? And look at this and how ridiculous. And I think, I think Franca Satsani with Edward Enonful doing Black Vogue and proving yeah. that it, they, had, they had to reprint it. It sold so much. And then I just think, you know, in general, there's lots of other designers like, um, for example... Alexander McQueen, mm -hmm. you know, I don't even, you know, it, it should become like in the Bob Marley song, you know, oh, what is, how does it go until the significance of a man's skin is of, uh, until the color of a man's skin is of no more significance as the color of his eyes. Right. So basically what I'm saying is I think there's a lot of designers out there who just, you know, choose people because they think yeah. that they look amazing. They look amazing in their, you know, in their clothes and, and stuff. And yeah. yeah. Amazing. We've obviously spoken a lot about sort of diversity and your experience within the industry, um, and there are a lot of conversations to be had about it. You know, you know, for, for all like sort of races and, and 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 such like. But how do you think we go about making actual like lasting change? I, I'm. It's a big question, yeah. and and you know, I mean, in an ideal world, I'd like to give it a lot more thought because mm -hmm. it's a deep question. Yeah. But I think you know, if we just. I think if if we just try to, do you feel there's like an element of bravery that sometimes perhaps needs to be taken? Like you were saying, you know, about the designers you mentioned earlier. Yes, yeah, so like you made those Roll, statements. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, yeah. and Jean Paul Gaultier. Yeah. Do you feel like they were taking a stand almost because it was early nineties? Oh, 90s, they were. No, you know? they were definitely. So do you feel like stand, it's almost like yeah. sometimes maybe it's just some people maybe need it's almost like a courage thing they just need to sort of be brave enough to sort of feel that they can be inclusive in yeah. their ad campaigns yes. what do, what do you I think, think the more that I think the more people mix people up mm -hmm. including you know from age to you know to to different races yeah. and different cultures or yeah. different looks um, people will get used to it I mm -hmm. think it's wonderful to be represented you yeah. know um I think maybe we need to see it more in fashion and more yeah. in art yeah. and more in film. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember the first time ever seeing, you know, a, a black woman as the lead role. For me, from my from my generation, I was like, oh, my God, wow. And it really brought home to me how I didn't have too many yeah. um, people to um, aspire to, not aspire to, um, just to, just I didn't have enough like imagery, you yeah, know, there yeah. wasn't enough mm -hmm. beautiful imagery around. Yeah, yeah. So I just would say just create more beautiful just, imagery and, you know, use use more people. But it's a big question and, yeah. and, you know, I'd like to give an even better answer. But That's okay. Just to... That's fine. Because it is a big question. I know mm. Sam, it's not, not one that's sort of like easy to answer on the yeah, spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's just obviously, it's, it's just interesting. And Michelle, it's so interesting talking to you about it all, obviously, especially because we've had the pleasure of working together. And, yeah. you know, your career is so interesting. I mean, again, on the spot, a couple of highlights or a couple of really memorable moments for you. Memorable moments in my whole in your, career in your whole of all career. of everything. I mean, select from anywhere, oh, you know, God. modeling, styling, you know. Well, I've, uh, one of my highlights was um, seeing, um, you know, a couple of the Alexandra McQueen shows, I have yeah. to say. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, they were like, um, they were basically 
performance art, you know. Did you see that one that he had in the exhibition with the girl in the white dress? Yes, I was painted. at that. Oh my God. Yeah, Shalom Harlow, it, it was, the Shit. girl. And God, I was there. So <laughs> I was there and I was like, oh my God, that is just incredible. Um, so, you know, that, That's those, were, those yeah. were highlights. Yeah. And um, I think, um, you know, I think another highlight, I have to say, was being taken on by Models One. Aww. That, you know, because it was just came at such a moment in my life yeah. where, you know, just, um, you know, getting older, but not old, mm-hmm. still young. Of course but you anyway, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and I was at that moment where I just left one magazine yeah. and I was thinking of what to do. And I'd started to do the, the lectures a little bit. Yeah. And when I went, got the appointment at Models One and then, you know, I was walking away after Uva interviewed me. He said, no, 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 we're going to take you on. I was like, really? You know, and it was just so uplifting and it's given me an opportunity to just really embrace it this time because when I was very young, Mm -hmm. um, I was very shy and very insecure of my looks and my look. And uh, so this time round, I've kind of, you know, knocked that on the head and thought, no, just enjoy every moment. And also to work with young people and really encourage them. That's really a privilege. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, you and I, so having worked together before with our styling, you were styling and we were doing the shoot. Yes. We actually actually worked together. I know. For MS, didn't I we? I know, I know. Shooting together. Oh, I know. We did that. I know. It was amazing. <laughs> that amazing. Was so great. And then I remember I styled you for L. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So we did all that and then and then of course now we've come to a whole new other bit because now obviously now you're signed with Models One again yeah, yeah. And we were that generation of, a, of, of model in the, in the M&S shoot yeah. that was really fun yeah. don't know if we can drop names there but yeah. there you are that's yeah. who we work for yeah um, <laughs> do you feel it's different this time around or is it just you're just enjoying it more I, I've, it's very different this mm-hmm. time around. I'm I'm enjoying it more. I feel that I can be myself more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just a real opportunity and just it's a it's like a great blessing really yeah. you know and it's very empowering also amazing yeah and do you see any what differences do you really notice within the industry from when you were that 16 year old model fresh off portobello road to, yeah. to who you are now well uh, the, i think that um my for example my first job um uh, in my second modeling experience mm-hmm. was for I think it was for Selfridges yes and I remember thinking oh well I'll probably be wearing the older lady clothes and there would probably be some other lovely you know older women there yeah. which would be very interesting and I thought I don't mind how fabulous how great and then I get there and it's all these very young models you know there was a young model from Sweden and there was a couple of models from England and they were really young and it was all the top designers and I thought wow Michette you know you have to adjust your brain (laughs) you know (laughs) it's not about you wearing older clothes but you know because I don't necessarily just we all wear the same clothes we just suit our bodies so um so I'm learning as well so that's really exciting and I just feel much more comfortable and I enjoy it I really do is there a difference do you think in the industry from then and now yes I think there's so much more diversity and people are really conscious of it and really pushing it forward yeah and I think that um you know I think I think we're getting there I think we're on the right track we've got a bit of a way to go but we're definitely on the right track I mean it's it's so incredible actually sort of now watching I feel like you're having like a whole new career all over again yeah, like yeah. In, especially in terms of your modeling and yeah you know I know you're obviously on the sort of management board with models one but yeah 
but it, I mean, you know, you're doing some amazing campaigns, Michelle. Yeah, I'm so excited. I, I can't believe, you know, um, the things that I've done, you know, the Clarins. And yeah, the, I, I mean, mean, it's crazy. I mean, looking at you now, though, I can understand oh, 100% oh. why skincare's in there. Oh, my God. <laughs> you look no, amazing. Just, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. But oh. it's really fun, and it's, yeah. it's just, it, it's very uplifting, and it's very empowering. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the way the industry is going and using all the different kinds and ages and yeah. types of women, I think it's very, very exciting I'm moment. Proud, I mean, proud really, to be part I'm of that. I'm proud to be part mm. of it, and I, I hope... You you know, I'll do everything I can to keep pushing that forward in Amazing. a really positive way. Yeah. You know? and, and do you think, do you, would, if you were to have any advice, like a niece asks you any advice about getting into the industry or like, you know, a friend of a friend, I mean, what, what, what would you say to them who's, who's interested in this industry? Um, I think I would say, you know, just be ready for the hard work mm-hmm. as well because I think you have to be, you just have to be ready to go mm-hmm. at any time, mm-hmm. basically and the show must go on type of thing and i also think i would say you know you know look at, at look at all the aspects of the industry industry mm-hmm. you know maybe not necessarily you might not want to be a stylist you might want to be a writer or a designer or a photographer yeah. or a filmmaker i think just the whole creative world you know and i think also with technology now there's like really exciting ways that you can put things together so i'd really say you know just really take full advantage of all the education so that you learn it all mm-hmm. and then maybe put it you know there's put different ways you can put it together yeah. yeah lovely i could i could actually sit here and talk to you for hours about your career oh, you. i think there's just so many dimensions to it and it's it's really inspiring i think yeah. you should um you should really take that on board because obviously like you mentioned before for anyone you'd give advice to there are so many different dimensions to our industry and obviously it's just finding what fits you best absolutely absolutely yeah. and you know there's ups and downs yeah. and so you just have to go with that but um you know just put as much positive into it mm-hmm. po- positive energy into it as well it's mm-hmm. not just all about taking exactly. out you know yeah. i think you gotta kind of give as well <laughs> you definitely do yeah. thank you so much for talking thank to us you today. thank you such a privilege thank you For listening to the model podcast brought to you by models one and studio 71 hit subscribe and if you like the show leave us a review see you next time